This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to MK on Podcast, your audio hope for everything on Keen's Dons. Well, as as always, a, a busy week at Dons, more fixtures to look forward to after a uh, well a, a disappointing result against Steve Mitch, which I'm sure we'll, we'll comment on soon. Uh, but before we do that, let me introduce all of us on the call. Uh, as you know, I'm, I'm Liam, I'm one of the co-hosts on the, on the podcast and joining me tonight is just one of our two co-hosts in Ross. Ross, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Um, obviously... Um... I didn't attend Steve, um, Stevenage replay myself due to obviously um, other commitments, but um, yeah, I'm doing well. Good to hear. And yeah, obviously, um, you think you meant the actual season match. I'm sure you'll be attending the replay of all of us on the on the next Tuesday. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's nice easy trip that was, isn't it? So yeah, I mean, 22 quid's a bit of a uh, interesting price bracket, but you know, it is what it is, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, Joe... Can't enjoy Stephen. He's feeling a bit under the weather, unfortunately. So uh, get well soon, Joe. And we'll see you Saturday, hopefully. Um, but let's get stuck into a an interesting game on Saturday against Stephen. Obviously, it's the FA Cup first round. Um, you know, we, we expected rotation. To have that much rotation was a bit surprising to me. Um, obviously, Alunga got his first start. We saw a few other players come in. Obviously, we had the COVID situation, and hopefully. Uh, those lads who are have, did have COVID are feeling a lot better and, you know, hopefully a lot more players available for Saturday. But that affected the whole the whole week leading up to it by the looks of things. Yeah, we had a bunch of kids on the bench who, with all due respect, can't impact the game too much against even lead to opposition who, you know, won't matter whether they are in the league, they are still a freshman football team and still pretty good footballers. Um, I always took the lead for Harry Darling, lovely little header from H, uh, his first goal at Stadium NK. Um, and we can see two, uh, Elliot List getting a second, who we highlighted a lot on the podcast as being you know, their danger man. And it's a pretty classic List goal, to be honest. He scored. Uh, and luckily, Max Waters got us out a bit of a hole, to be honest, getting us that second goal in the replay. Lovely pass from Matt O'Reilly and a lovely run from Max, making it, I think it's 19 goals and 20 starts. Now the club tweeted out. So, yeah, absolutely ridiculous player. 
Um, and yeah, that, that is a replay next Tuesday, which um, will actually be what uh, happened prior to release episode 20. So we can give a little seedage review next episode. Um, obviously, a lot of comments from you guys regarding your thoughts on the game. And I've, li- I've looked at various social media groups, things like that, and see how people have commented on the game in general. Um, and it was all too familiar reading, to be honest, Ross. And I'm sure we'll get into little areas of it. But before we do that, um, give us general thoughts on the 2-2 draw at home, Stevenage. Well, I think Manning obviously summed up the performance. Um, that five-minute spell costing us the game. And I think no matter what opposition you face in the FA Cup, it's the FA Cup. And I think everyone's motivation is that round three, getting the uh, so-called big boys of the... Um, the FA Cup, and um, it it cost us result in the end. And I, I I I felt when I did see the result, it didn't surprise me too much um, due to obviously the COVID situations. I, I do feel like that's probably hit us more than what we think it has, especially on the training ground more than anything. Um, obviously, we've got a tight knit group as it is, but obviously with something like that major uh, affecting the group. Obviously, you're not alongside the normal people you're, um, you are each day uh, of the week. I just felt that probably knocked um, a bit of confidence out of the lads um, after that crew performance. But overall, we're still in the hat at, at the end of the day. And um, if we take that five minutes out, we cruise to victory. So we can't really dwell on it too much. I think we have to look at the positives, like Waters getting another goal and um, causing Mo and others problems up top. And the main main person causing problems is Manning. Um, obviously, what is, I doubted him a few games back um, in front of goal, but he's now starting to click and he's starting to show the form. He um, He's shown that under Crawley, I think it was, um, and fair play to the lad. And yeah, Harry Darling getting on the score sheets, another defender contributing towards the goals. It's another positive. And I think our fans just need to realise the fact that, like, if we if Scott Twine is out injured, we need other players chipping in with the goals, and we saw that on Saturday. And um, let's hope we can kick on to the replay and get the uh, get through to round two. Yeah, just on the COVID points, Ross. It I, I do understand. Like some people were saying, you know, the, the team starting were good enough to win that game, and yeah, I, I do agree to some extent. But yes, two people said it's a positive, but. As, as you kind of referred to, it impacts, uh, it impacts a whole lot more people than just two people. You know, all the close contacts that they had would have to sit out and, you know, they clearly did based off what we saw from the squad on Saturday. It's, we, we watch it all the time in the NFL, don't we, that it impacts so many more people and it is at the moment with certain teams in that in that sport that it's just a nightmare. It really is. So the sooner you can get out of your camp, the better. And um, I'm hoping that, you know, well, it's good news that there's no positive cases besides the two that we did have, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, hopefully there's a bit more of a smoother week heading into this Cambridge match, which is a, a pretty big one, actually. One that I didn't think was as big as it actually is um, a couple of weeks ago. But of course, now it's a situation changed pretty quickly in this league in general. Um, yeah, I mean, look at the game in general. I mean, I mentioned briefly how we've fallen back to some, some sort of bad habits from last season. And I think one of them is, uh, it's not complacency. It's just maybe getting a bit too comfortable on the football. Um, the past couple of games, I feel that like we've seen a bit of a lack of intensity. 
And maybe that's the case of trying to cut out mistakes and trying to be like this perfectionist on the football. And, you know, with our, with our style of football, you know, that that's the perfect situation. You know, the more, less mistakes you make, the more control you have of games ultimately and the more chances you got to win them. But we're seeing at the moment that, you know, yes, we took the lead through H on Saturday, but, you know, that, that five-minute spell, this it was just like catastrophe football all over again. It was just like A and E complete, basically. It was, yeah, it was just wasn't very good. And we, we saw it a lot last season, you know, I put like Blackpool away, I'm thinking Oxford away, Gillingham away. You know, we saw it, I mean, we saw it for our laptop screens rather than our, on, on the actual pitch, but... Yeah, it's just it's a bit it's a little bit worrying. Um, obviously, there's times where we move the ball really well and it's really accurate, and it's you know we're as you mentioned, Ross, you know Manning's finding ways to disrupt the opposition and scoring goals from that. But at the same time, it's when when we play these better teams like Sheffield Wednesday coming up, it, it's it's worrying that you know if we don't get break these old habits that they're going to punish us again later on in the season and probably cost us what should be a really successful campaign. Oh, yeah, I, I do feel with these defensive issues, they're basic fundamentals of the game. And I just feel like not just tracking your tracking your man on corners or when we're getting broke on the counter-attack, having that extra man um, staying behind, not over-committing. Yes, there's an element from Manning um, who, who you could blame for that for them problems. But I've, I do feel like just silly things, not, not getting goal side of your man, and um, letting them get through far too easy. And I just feel if we are to tighten up, we, we've got to get them fundament, fundamentals correct at the end of the day. And as you say, Liam, when you play against some high levels of opposition, like we did and we saw against Rotherham, that one mistake can lead to three goals. And at the end of the day, you're not winning three points if you're conceding goals at the end of the day. And um, I just feel... Harry Darling mentioned it. We just need to tighten up as a group and um, play. I don't. I don't like to say it, but play a bit rough. And if you need to foul, you need to foul. At the end of the day, rough them, them up, in my eyes, and um, get physical and do everything you can to prevent them from scoring a goal. And at the end of the day, if we're not conceding goals, we're getting a point or three. Yeah, I know a few people mentioned. Um a potential lack of vision from the game. And I personally, I personally didn't really see that comment. I know, I think, I think um, Miles, a few people mentioned it to us when we look back at the game and I don't know, you see the passes like Matty O'Reilly and things like that. And to say there's a, a lack of vision, I don't know. It isn't maybe some individuals potentially, but I think it ultimately it is still there. Um, I just wonder how, how much the rotation of the squad's really impacted everything. Cause I remember we had discussions with, you know, the previous coach stuff here, Ross, about, you know, being braver on the ball and ultimately just, you know, causing actions that are going to force states in the opposition rather than doing it the, the vice versa and actions that you create are going to cause you problems. And I suppose with all this rotation and all this absolute, you know, mess with the COVID situation, things like that, it's kind of proving up in the, up in the water a little bit and, you know, ultimately interrupted what was a really good spell. And I can see why people would say that, some of the intensity might have gone and I think it's I think it's just this this rotation you're trying to use the squad some people not a lot of game time of course you know with the exception of Max who's coming and and done really really well these past couple weeks you know 
the likes of Brooklyn and Lunga, who are coming in playing their wing back for his first start and the FA Cup against, uh, you know, albeit a, a yes, a low league two sides of teams, but as I said, still a professional team who are going to be much more experienced and much more physical than he is. Expecting him to have the same bravery and intensity as Daniel Harvey is uh, a bit <laughs> unrealistic and not unachievable, certainly not, but yeah, it's, it's a bit too soon for that type of thing. Um, a few people mentioned how the the combination of Parrot and Waters didn't really work for them. There were times that you know Parrot would maybe sometimes not do as much tracking, and Waters was kind of doing that for him sometimes. And Parrot looked a bit agitated and angry during the game. Do you think that obviously the hope is that Mawaisa will come back on Saturday and play against Cambridge, and with Max you know, hitting pretty good form, I think it's three and three now. Do you reckon that? Do you reckon him and I think that's a question before, but do you think it'll be him and him and Waters up top? Or do you think Jim Parrott, obviously he's not at the Cambridge game, of course, going forward because of international duty. But do you reckon he comes back in for the Stevenage game and the Burton games? Um, it's a difficult one. Um, if we're looking back at crew and how many chances we created in that second half, especially, um, obviously scoring four goals, you'd like to think that Manning would probably stick with something similar. Um, but obviously if Mo isn't available... I'd like to see Troy. And I think what people need to realise and have a bit of perspective is if Troy scored two goals at the weekend, people would be cheering and they'd be forgetting all the other problems he's had in previous games. And I just feel sometimes as a striker, yes, I, I do get, I do understand that you're hired or you're brought in to score goals, but also you need to, you need to bring others into play and especially in our system. Um, if Twiney's too far out from Waters and Parrot, it's just not going to click. You need them as a little, little triangle as such and just bounce off each other. And yes, I do understand they're probably not working, uh, especially against Stevenage as a team. But Parrot has the ability to turn nothing into something. And I feel like um, when you've got a player like that, it's quite hard to drop a player. And um, I just feel... Max, same, same with Max. If he's scoring the goals, you can't drop him at the end of the day. And yeah, Manning's got a tough, tough choice on his hands. But if I was to pick two people in that system, I, I still believe that Parrot and Mo are the, the ideal two. From what I saw at the start of the season, they were bouncing off each other and they were unstoppable. Well, unstoppable in the Accrington game. Um, but yeah, fair play to Max and yeah, it's a tough if it's a tough tough choice for Manning for sure, but uh, we'll see where it goes on Saturday. Yeah, and as they always say, you know, it's nice to have that conundrum up front, isn't it? You know, we've had it in the field for a little while with Kaz, O'Reilly, McKetker, and of course coming back into the league and picking up some form. And the same situations up front now. You know, we've got obviously Max scoring lots of goals, and you know the quality of Mo and Troy is such a good hard worker for the squad. And can also score goals when he, you know, to be sort of start of the season. So yeah, it, it's nice to have that option. And you know, ultimately, it's uh, it's Manning's and the coach staff job to sort it out. Ultimately, um, there off the pitch, there are a few comments regarding the atmosphere on Saturday. Obviously, it was a massively reduced attendance because of, well, quite frankly, the fixture. And I think the price of the tickets was a bit, a bit, you know, a bit outrageous. Quite really, sixteen pounds for an adult to watch League Two Stevenage at home seems a bit steep. Although then again, I've, I've paid £22 to watch a replay at their place. So maybe I'm a bit of a hypocrite for that comment. Um, but yeah, I know 
I know the people that were there, a lot of people were crammed in, well, everyone was crammed into the East stand rather than uh, the cow shed. And there was some, some plates and some comments that we had regarding generating atmosphere. I suppose, well, trying to defend the club in some ways, uh, yeah, maybe it was a money-saving move regarding the stewards that I've seen some people mention, but you'd like to think if you put everyone together, there'd be much easier to generate an atmosphere if they're all in like, the same stand. Um maybe that wasn't the case on Saturday. Um, I don't know if you've got any opinions on it, Ross, but I think in future games we'll have a larger attendance that, you know, people can be more spread out and the atmosphere from the likes of Block 11 can be generated much easier. I think people need to have a bit of perspective on this situation. If if we're still currently going through a COVID pandemic, by the way, um, so we're, we're probably still losing money on the books. And... Um, We've drew drew at home against Stevenage, a, a League Two team. It's not a it's not a bringing people through through the gates uh, fixture. Um, so I w- I wasn't surprised on the attendance front, um, and obviously the price, as you say, Liam, it, it wasn't the best. Um, but I I just feel the money save is probably the the best way to describe it. I I, I do feel it was the best option. What's the point of paying? 60 odd Stuarts across the across the stadium to cover 2,000 fans it's pointless in my eyes and um, if you can get them all in one section and pay 10 instead of 60 60 Stuarts sorry I'll take that any day and I I think people really need to open their eyes a bit more and realise obviously it's pointless opening up the rest of the stadium um, because they're just going to be scattered out and it probably looks a bit worse um across the board, if you know what I mean. If we've got 2,000 scattered across the stadium, yeah, it doesn't look great either. So I think overall, it was definitely the right decision to keep him in that East End. Um, and if if you're moaning about where you're sitting, come on Saturday. Yeah, I'm forced this day. You know, cheap tickets, you know, no no excuses really. Even if you'd have paid 16 pounds watching it Steve, uh, against Stevenage, you know, it'd be much, much cheaper against this Cambridge match, which... You know, a lot of people say of Matt is a lot more, especially in the league where, you know, win puts back in the playoffs in an ideal world. So, you know, get down there basically. Um, but yeah, we turn on the negatives a lot, but it's, it is important to mention, you know, I think overall it was a, it was a steady performance for the most part. You know, with the rotation that we did have, there was, as you mentioned, a lot of kids in the squad. Um, and I think to get through that tie to not lose, based off the week that we did have, I think should ultimately be seen as a positive and we can go to that. And yes, it's another game, but we can go into that replay on next, on Tuesday night with a much stronger squad. And I think Manny will go much stronger than he did against Stevenage in the first game. And, I, and I'm hoping roll over them uh, on Tuesday night and, you know, head to Yeovil, which are mentioned in a second um, for that second round. And, uh, you know, hopefully get past them and get into the third round against the big boys. So yeah, Ross, speaking of which, Yeovil, what are your thoughts on that draw in the second round if we do get past Stevenage in the end? Uh, obviously, it's non-league away trip, so in, in most worlds, it's uh, it's quite a good tie for us and one that everyone wouldn't be too, well, wouldn't complain about too much. But uh, I've just seen some comments on your socials that it's a bit uninspiring, it's a bit boring. What are your thoughts on it? Well, it's a new ground for myself, so... Oh, um, is it? Okay. I, I, I'm pleased to see it. Um, obviously, some people weren't. But obviously, we're on the road quite a bit in the next month. Sheffield Wednesday, Morecambe, and then obviously Yeovil. And then in, in between, we've got the uh, Papa John's Trophy, 
which is ultimately going to be away if we if we don't um, draw it under twenty three side. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of miles on the clock, but I'm I think I'm one of the few to say I'm excited for it if we do progress. Yeah, I don't mind it. Like I said to people, you know, as long as it's away, I'll take it. And the fact that it's non-league, yeah, even better. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's Yeovil. Like not not the most inspiring place in the world, but I'll take it. It's better than being at home to Yeovil or home to any team, quite frankly, in my opinion, especially in this round. Um, and people forget that obviously it's round three next next round. And obviously, I, I know you shouldn't look over your opponents, but Yeovil non-league aren't doing too great in um in the national league. I believe they're bottom half. So it's it's an ideal opponent, potential banana skin maybe, and so maybe it's on TV. We don't know. Well, I hope for people's sake it's not on TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think people said it was maybe banana skin. I mean, I know it's not an aspiring job, but I think a banana skin is a bit more, a bit of a stretch. I think Stevenage on Tuesday is maybe a bit more of a banana skin than the over the way on on whatever. whatever I've, Saturday I've seen be. a lot worse happen. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. We'll see, I suppose. Um, actually, a question we had, a thought sniffing up in general. I quite enjoy it. I think it's a nice little break from the league. Obviously, it gets money into the club, which is always much needed at this level of football, where any level football really blow our league. Uh, yeah, so what are your thoughts on it in general? I've, I, I really enjoy the FA Cup. I think we've had some really good away days, especially that QPR one when um, say scored. I, yeah, I, as you say, Liam... If things aren't going your way in the league, it's a bit of a break and um, it's a bit of a reset button sort of thing in your season to say, well, look, this beyond here, we can gain a bit of momentum using the FA Cup. And yeah, I, I, I enjoy it just for the fact that like last year, I know we couldn't go, but we were drawing like Eastley, Barnet, and then we had the Burnley. So you you, you reap the rewards if you go deep on, but um, some teams take don't take it don't take it serious, and then some teams do. I, I hope we do take take the comp, cup competitions serious, um, even if it's the Papa John's trophy. I, I, I want to go. I want to compete in all cups, no matter what it is. And um, yeah, my overall thoughts on the FA Cup are really positive, actually. Yeah, no, not like with the FA Cup race off last season. We'll, we'll get to the third round and we'll take on like Billy Coventry at home, or yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go we'll go QPR away again probably. No, we're not. We'll, you'll seem to play QPR in the FA Cup. It's yeah, it's a joke, but yeah, I'd love, I'd love to go deep to any competition. Um, FA Cup would be the ideal for me. Uh, but yeah, if we actually go to the game this season, it's obviously much better because watching Burnley from your laptop wasn't exactly ideal. But um, yeah, it is what it is, I suppose. It was painful. <laughs> Especially when you we were so close to winning. Oh, don't, um, don't. <laughs> um, okay, um, before we take a little break and move on to our Cambridge preview, um, make sure you go over to Don's Action's Twitter page and donate to their fundraiser. You know, we all know the brilliant work they do in generating atmosphere throughout the whole stadium, but also Block 11. And uh, just launch the next campaign to do it again. Believe they've raised just over £300, 24 hours, which is excellent effort. And I know us guys donated already. So if you do have a spare bit of money, please give what you can to them. Um, it'll go to a really great cause. It will only enhance your match experience. So, okay. As I mentioned, we'll uh, take a little break and then we'll chat to Jordan from the Under the Abbey Sand podcast to give us a little insight into Cambridge.
This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Welcome back to Lace Offshore Overview. Uh, this Saturday, of course, we've got Cambridge at home, back into league action for us after a uh, cut-up against Stevenage. I'm delighted to welcome on Jordan from the um, Under the Abbey stand onto the podcast. So, Jordan, how are you doing? Hi, Liam. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, not too bad. Um, a little bit annoyed about yesterday's result and the prospect of a unwelcome FA Cup replay, but that's uh, that's a that's a, a moan for another week. We'll, we'll focus on the league now. <laughs> Yes, I, I join your uh, frustration and annoyance on an epic at replay, that's for sure. At least it's in Stevenage, I suppose. It's not It's not too much of a uh, trip away from home on a, on a Wednesday night. But hey, let's, at least we're in the hat and it'll be interesting to see who we get on a Monday night if we do get through. Um, talk to you about Cambridge's start to the season. Obviously, it's you know back into League One. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's been, a, it's been an interesting summer, so talk us through it. Yeah, it's uh, our first time back in League One for, I think it's about 20 years. So it's uh, nice to be back. Um, start of the season has been, it's been an odd one, really. Um, very unexpected. We, we started really well, um, picking up results where either wins or draws where we weren't sort of expected to get any points at all. We hit a, I guess, a little bit of a wobble um, where we then went without a win in seven games but we drew quite a few of those games and we are if you look at the league table I think we are joint highest with draws we seem to be uh, a hard team to be um but yeah we, the, the, the big problem we had with that sort of little wobble as it were was we were doing okay against sort of the the bigger and better teams in the league you know we, we got good draws against Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday but we were struggling to break down the team's um respectively that that are kind of sort of the bottom eight the teams that we are expecting to sort of be competing with for for survival um however we our last two league results we have kind of maybe moved on from that because we beat both Wimbledon and Morecambe so hopefully that is a start of us being able to 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 get results against those teams and and yeah it's it's a really surprising start to the season At, at the time of recording we're sat 10th in league one um I don't for one second think we'll finish in 10th I do think we'll finish in sort of bottom six to eight but but the start's been really encouraging I think our PPG has us tracking at about 58 points which should be enough to stay up which is the the only aim we've got for this this season is to stay up so um yeah it's been an encouraging start and there are a few sort of issues with the squad you know we don't score a lot of goals we don't take a lot of shots we are uh to sort of conceding soft goals but if we can iron out a few of those I think we'll be all right and um we've been hard to beat and that's that's a good thing because our November is exceptionally tough we, we play yourselves obviously you're, you're right in the thick of the playoff picture but we also play Rotherham, Wigan and Sunderland so it's going to be a real tough November possibly a possibly a month that we don't even pick up any points but the start of the season has has meant that if we do go through November with with that bad return on, on points, it's not the end of the world. And we are still in a good place to, to yeah, to, to stay up. Yeah. Don's have had a, a pretty similar struggle to yourselves in terms of beating some of the basement teams. Uh, obviously we've lost the likes of Shrewsbury and Doncaster. And admittedly both those teams should be down there, but you know, they were at the time. Um, and of course we beat, beat crew recently, but 
you know, I don't think, I think, I think out of, out of those three teams, crew were actually probably the poorest out of the three, really, and they weren't really up to much. But yeah, it's, um, it's been quite a surprise for me actually, CK and Richard Stark. Because obviously, I looked at some of the stats prior to speak to yourself. And mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you, know, you don't take a lot of shots. Your XG, I think, is bottom three in the league in terms of open play. Mm-hmm. But you also don't press too much. So has, has the low slash medium block for you guys been, you know, a common occurrence? So obviously, you said you said just have to break down. So I'm yeah. assuming this could be quite a frustrating afternoon for Don's terms of trying to keep the ball and trying to break you guys down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if if we're going to talk about sort of Cambridge's style of play, I, I would say our our biggest strength so far this season has been how good we've been out of possession. Um, we've been more than comfortable to sort of surrender the ball, have that sort of low medium block, like you say, and basically invite teams on to us to try and break us down. And it, it goes one of two ways. We either concede those soft goals that I was mentioning about because we are putting ourselves under more sort of strain or it goes the other way where we're quite successful in sort of shutting teams out and and picking up results based on very low percentage of possession you know we beat Bolton at home I think we had 26 possession in that game and it's uh (laughs) yeah and, and we've been able to we've been able to do that against the um the bigger teams or the teams that are sort of pushing for sort of the the playoffs and promotion you know we've done it very well against the likes of Oxford and uh you know Bolton at the time I know they dropped off but but also people like Portsmouth and Sheffield Wednesday and stuff like that so we seem to that seems to be our gameplay when we play teams that are in the sort of the the top seven to ten and I fully fully imagine that's how we'll set up against you guys when we visit on Saturday we'll be four five one out of possession but moving to four three three when we do sort of have possession yeah, it's very interesting tactics. Obviously, you say like the likes of ourselves up there, but you're up there as also the top ten. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it hasn't quite yeah. sunk in. Yeah, <laughs> get yourself in there by sort of operator tactic, which maybe lower league sides would do against top seed sides. You top side self. It's interesting. Um, Speaking to key players for yourselves, um, mm. I'll start with the obvious one, and a lot of Don's fans are interested in this one. George Williams. Um, just looking a little brief like on sofa scores, he ranks top three in terms of average rating for the team. Alongside mm-hmm. a few players, which I'm sure we'll talk about. How has um how has his start been at Cambridge like from your perspective? Yeah, Willow. Um, he's been terrific for us so far, and 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 hopefully it it, it continues. He had a very unenviable job when he joined us. So obviously we got promoted last season and there was a couple of key players from that. Uh, the obvious one, uh, Paul Mullen, who scored, I think, 32 in the league, 34 in total. He moved on to, to Wrexham. But then the other real standout player was our right back. is a young lad called Kyle Noyle, who, who went to Doncaster. Um, crazy that, that Doncaster had the start that they've had. They We played them the other week and they looked really bad, but he came on and, and looked fantastic. So he was a right, he was our right back and he was so good going forward like defensively was brilliant but also very good going forward very quick would run at people would get the odd goal got plenty of assists so people joining the team in the summer in either of those roles were always going to have a struggle to sort of win people over um and I think the first couple of games maybe he uh, Williams was in for sort of unfair kind of criticism because people were like sort of comparing him to what we had the season before and like oh he's not as good going forward and this that and the other but slowly and surely through sort of really consistent performances he has won over pretty much all of those doubters he's been very solid in both 
defence and going forward. He's, he's chipped in with a couple of assists. He's also uh, quite dangerous at set pieces. I think he's scored a couple of times for us, um, both of them with his head from corners. And, and really, he also brings up something else to, to, to the squad that, that, that Kyle Noel never brought. And that was, he's a bit more senior. He's, he's got experience of League One. And you look through the rest of the team, we don't have a lot of that. So he is um, he's bringing more than just his sort of position work to the squad. He is bringing sort of um, his character as well. And he's, he's, he's great. You know, you see him, if we concede or if we score, he's always there sort of as part of the pack, sort of encouraging people. So yeah, it's almost kind of sort of captain material without actually being our captain. But yeah, he's made a really good start to, to his career with the U's. Yeah, it's really good to hear. Obviously, yeah, from my experience with Willow, he's, as you said, he's, that, that leadership really comes across. Um, to be fair, it's, it's, it's been quite surprising to me to see how much he's taken up to League One. I always mm. thought he's a very, very good League Two player, but may, like many other players, taking himself up to League One has been a real struggle for him at times, especially for us. So, but yeah, I think, I, think, um, I think a few people rolled their eyes when we signed him because obviously he was part of a club that got relegated from League One. And I think the season before when we came up uh, from league two, a good chunk of that squad was made up of players who had either been in weaker or poorer league two teams. And it just goes to show that actually doesn't really come from like who you were with the season before. And it's a, a real testament to sort of our scouting and, and, and our sort of morale in the squad that actually we we've taken players who have been in teams that haven't done particularly well and then have then come to us and sort of flourished a little bit. And that was especially the case last year when we got promoted and um you know we got promoted with a team that no one fancied and, and everyone predicted to be a sort of a, a bottom half if not relegation candidate in league two so that sort of morale has has kind of continued into this season and it must be a tricky one for players joining you know a club that's just been promoted and, and quite a close-knit group of players but like I was saying yeah George Williams really strikes me as being someone that's kind of flourished as being part of that close-knit of, of, of players and it, yeah it's really uh brought something extra to us uh with his experience yeah most definitely and two of those two other players in the squad who were a part of that brochure campaign last season who have been well one, one again has been a really pivotal part of that team so far as Hulahan, but another person mm-hmm. who stepped up in the absence of Mullen has been obviously Joe Ironside with seven goals a season in the league obviously they're really pivotal to your start of the season but I suppose with Houlihan, it's always the case of, can he keep it going? I mean, it seems like he can. Yeah, um, he has the odd off day every now and then. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he plays on Saturday. If, if he's at his best, I would imagine that MK Don fans will be sat there watching him and thinking he doesn't look 39, doesn't look like someone who's on the way out, as it were. And, you know, we, we've had a history of signing um, older players, you know, journeymen who are there for one last paycheck and you know even on an off day if his performances aren't great you can never doubt his commitment to the cause he's always showing for the ball always wants it running around uh he just doesn't fit that mold of a, of a 39 year old uh doing one last job for for a paycheck so he was terrific for us last season he has been good this season as well um i think he's probably the best technical footballer i've ever seen play for cambridge um and he and he's and he is like 38 last year, 39 this year. Um, but yeah, one of the one of the big things for us has been learning how to play without Houlihan. So one of the sort of the conditions of, of him joining um was that he agreed with the management staff, you know, 
on a way of how to manage his minutes. You know, what we saw last season was he, he just didn't do Saturday, Tuesday um, yeah. games. So if we played on the Saturday, he, he, you just knew he wouldn't play on the Tuesday. I think he, I think he only trains two days, maybe two and a half days a week. So he doesn't play cup games as well. So he didn't play yesterday against Stevenage. So they, they have managed his minutes to get the best out of him and it's worked so far. And the, the downfall last season was how do we play without him? We had really bad stats the second half of last season on Tuesday nights without him. Whereas this season, I know it's, um, you know, I know it's still early and we've only, I think played five or six games without him our PPG without him has gone up quite significantly from last season. So it's, it does feel like as a squad, we are learning and adapting to play without him, which is great. But I would imagine he starts against you guys on Saturday because he didn't play uh, yesterday against Northampton and he won't play Tuesday night on the uh, pizza trophy game as well. Okay. So look out for West Hulahan then definitely. He's uh, certainly a player to watch out for you guys. Um, for we had score predictions, Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a, it's a few former use in our side in uh, Harry Darling and Haramboa thing. How much, obviously, well, both have very different journeys at Cambridge themselves, but how much you look forward to seeing both of those guys on Saturday? Yeah, really looking forward to seeing them. Um, you know, Harry Darling obviously is a local boy to Cambridge, came through the, the youth system. So it was great. It was great last year to see him get that move. Um, and, and hopefully his career trajectory from here goes goes up hopefully he gets into the championship um whether it be with you guys or whether it be someone else it doesn't matter we'd just love to see him there yeah. and uh yeah no he'll get a, he'll get a great reception on saturday uh, as will as will boateng who was um yeah was a real delight to watch last season in league two we had um we played a diamond for the majority of last year and the sort of the attacking part of that diamond was Hulahan mullin Ironside and Boateng and it was at, and and the the fullbacks pushing forward as well like I mentioned earlier but it was at times it was just terrific to watch um he was such a, a calming influence he would love to sort of collect the ball and, and sort of look up and pick out really great passes and and I would say that we're kind of missing someone in that mold this season um so yeah both will get a, a great reception and yeah would happily have both back but wish them all the best for their the rest of their careers yeah, because before the managerial change happened, there was a lot of talk of Boateng leaving. He was basically exiled from the squad. And we kind of thought, well, he'll probably go back to Cambridge because obviously I watched a lot yeah. of the Yes, He had such a great season. Um, there was um, there was rumours that he would come in this. Well, the, the big rumour that goes around Cambridge is that obviously, you know, we're, we're quite a small club, a small setup and, and quite a tight budget. And the rumour is that in the summer, the, the club were offered Boateng, but they basically had to make a call about do you offer the money to to Paul Mullen, who scored 34 goals last season, or do you offer the money to, to Boateng? The club edged their bets with Mullen, offered him the best that they could offer, and, and it was unfortunately wasn't enough, and he moved on. So I think, yeah, I, I, that's the rumour that goes around, that, that perhaps he could have joined in the summer, but we uh, decided that we would put our eggs in the Mullen basket, and it didn't turn out very well, but... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> football. That is football. End of the day. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, finally, some score predictions. Um, this was this interesting game, actually. I think if you're close to many people expect. Um, Don's mm-hmm. recently have I found it difficult to break down low blocks. We talked about it a lot on the podcast, and how to do that and how you think we should do that. Uh, but more, most importantly, how do you think Saturday will go from a youth perspective? 
Well, ideally, it won't be a repeat of the six nil from uh, from, <laughs> a cu- from a couple of Januarys ago. That would be that would be a start. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right, Liam. I think it will be a close contest. Um, I, I would imagine you've probably got enough going forward to edge it. So perhaps perhaps a two one MK, but you know, I would, I would love it if that was wrong. And we, and we, we left the, left the game with something. Cause like I said, our, our November is horrific in terms of games. So if we can get a point or two anywhere, I'll, I'll take it, but yeah, one, one, or, or, or probably more likely a two, one to, to you guys. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a difficult game. Um, and of course I expect you to go with the Cambridge side of things, of course, being a Cambridge fan, I'm going to go one nil dons. Uh, I don't think it's a very entertaining game, unfortunately. Um, I feel like it's a very patient game. Let's try to break you guys down and just pass it around a lot for a bit and try and find that those gaps. But I feel we just about have enough going forward. Um, obviously, it could really depend on who, who, which players were out during COVID and how that's impacted the squad. Of course, against Stevenage, it did a lot. Um, but, you know, majority of his players will be back and hopefully had a, a full week of training. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to think we just about have enough to beat this Cambridge side, despite you know you, you guys pretty decent form at the moment. Um, but yeah, it'll be a close game. A little bit nervous about it, but you know I'm, I'm sure the boys will pull, pull through and get the three points. Jordan, thank you very much for coming to the podcast. Before you go, please let everyone know where they can find your work. Uh, yeah, we are um, Cambridge United based. Uh, podcast but if you do fancy finding out about us you can subscribe on on spotify and all the other podcast channels and then it's at abby stand on twitter as well yeah make sure you hit the guys out and give them a follow over there okay john thank you very much and a good luck saturday nice one guys all the best thanks again to john for coming to the podcast giving us a better insight into cambridge Okay, Ross, score predictions. Uh, as listeners will know, I've gone 1-0 to MK Dons. I feel I'm pretty nervous for this one, not going to lie. Obviously, Cambridge, are, they're a team that we'd usually struggle against. So I'm gone on the cautious side. Uh, so, yeah, what do you reckon? What's, what's your score prediction for Saturday? Well, as we as you've told me prior to the recording, obviously, Cambridge has sit quite deep in that block. And in previous um, meetings, especially against Shrewsbury, Donny, probably teams who do sit in that block, We've struggled against. I do feel like it will be a tight affair. I do feel in five out of our six last um, league games, we've had over 2.5 goals. So I do feel we're going to edge this 2-1. It's probably not going to be as easy as what we think it will be. Um, I do feel like we'll nick it late on. But um, let's hope George Williams doesn't score. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's simple as, you know, as Harry Darling said, you know, count out the mistakes and... We probably win like ninety percent of games. It's as simple as that, you know. We're not really. It just feel like we're repeating our season. We're not beating ourselves in many ways. Oh, sorry, sorry, we are beating ourselves. Those teams are beating us. Sorry. Um, so yeah, just just cut out the mistakes, lads. You know, sort it out, and uh, you know, turn up for the armed forces that are going to be there in the day. Okay, thank you very much for listening to today's episode of the Income Podcast. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for their responses and questions. Uh, so it made the episode a lot better for us. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep getting you guys involved for sure, most definitely in the future episodes. So thanks again for listening, and come on, you dons. Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.